live from State Street in the heart of Chicago. You are listening to the new home of the Chicago Bears, ESPN Chicago. And this is Waddle and Sylvie, WMVP, WSHE, HD2 Chicago, a good karma brand's radio station. All right, we're waiting uh, for Will Bond. By the way, I forgot to pay uh, proper tribute to uh, Richard Lewis, who we, we mentioned earlier in Crosstalk with Carmen the Good Kid. Comedian passed away today at the age of 76. Um, I was very surprised. I did not know um, that, I, like, I knew that he was diagnosed with Parkinson's, but I did not right. know. He's been in all the Curb episodes to date, and... Uh, ironically, in the last episode, yeah. um, there was an exchange between him and Larry David talking about both of their wills. Yes. Saying, like, who's going to outlive the other? And who is going to be in each other's will. Right, right. Oh, no. I'm going to include you. I'm going to leave all my money right. to you. Right. Oh, no. Yeah, I'm going to leave all my money to you. Don't you dare leave any money to me. You know? And, and like, just days after that, you know, I know that's... Just a, a portrayal of them. And I, I saw one of the podcasts that said that most of the characters are always a character, but Richard Lewis is the most accurate yeah. or, of, of who he is. Uh, and, um, well, and, and like he is, you know, isn't he play the part of Richard Lewis? No, on? right. But that's what Jeff Garland was saying, that yeah. like that it's very complicated, even though Jeff Garland plays Jeff. Green. Green, yeah, like he's not himself. But Ted Danson, who plays himself, right. isn't really himself right, gotcha. in that. You know what I mean? Yeah. But but again, Richard Lewis, who plays himself, is the most accurate of who he is. <laughs> and Larry David yeah. even plays himself, but is still sort of not totally accurate. Who's the role? The what's the role that Vince Vaughn is playing? Is it Fred? Is his name Fred in it? Yeah, yeah, it's it's like, isn't it his nephew or what? Is it? I yeah, don't know, Fre- Freddie Funkhauser. Right, is that who he, it is? Right. Yeah. It's it's so like the he created the void or he filled the void after um, what's his name? Super Dave. Yeah, passed away. Yeah, it is. A, he plays a great role. This one was this was funny. This one had some. I mean, they all have some very funny moments. But disgruntled is yeah. that what it was called? Because if it wasn't, that's what it should have been yeah. called. It was good. So, yep. um, but to hear, rest though, in peace, Richard Lewis, who is a comedic legend. Um, but we were talking while while we wait on Will Bond. If you want to weigh in, we have not taken a ton of calls today. 312-332-3776. We told you about Caleb Williams doing an interview uh, with ESPN.com. It's really the first public statements he has made about uh, the Bears, about Chicago, him saying that he's wide open to playing for the Bears, um, that he has done research on Chicago, that he has been here once, that he's got no agenda about where he goes, that he'll go wherever, whoever he's, he's drafted. It's a very Bears-centric piece because they do have the number one pick and he is the favorite to be drafted number one. It doesn't mean that the Bears will draft him. They had a big discussion and have wanted to talk about this today and I've seen a lot of other people bring this up about the possibility of maybe the Bears do trade down because, and Greeny brought this up, because, and, and Greeny had them do the exercise. He said, guys, 
name all the best young quarterbacks in the NFL. That's what he had the guys do. He said, name them all. So, like, we could do this now, too. So, uh, Mahomes, Josh Allen, uh, Joe Burrow, uh, who else? Lamar Jackson. Uh, didn't have Herber, a great year this, this year, but Jalen Hurts. But, right. yes, Justin Herbert. So, like, his point was, of all those names, and you can go on and on and on, the only one of those names that you mention Joe Burrow is the first overall. Is not only the first overall, but is the only first quarterback in his class to be drafted. Because like Josh Allen wasn't the first quarterback to be drafted in his class. Right. Uh, Lamar Jackson, not the first quarterback to be drafted in his class. Dak Prescott, obviously, was drafted in the fourth round. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes wasn't the first right. one drafted. Mitch was. Yeah. And, and, like, we can, you can go on and on and on. So, like, in, in last year, it was C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud would be on that list, too, best young quarterbacks. Uh, he was the second overall quarterback drafted in his class. Um, so, his perspective was, maybe you do trade down. But again, the, to me, it's that's faulty logic from my perspective. And, and like, and maybe we're totally in lockstep with this. This is what's faulty about it is the process of how these general managers have picked. You should always want to be first. You should always want the pick of the litter. You should never want someone else right. to do the picking before you. You should always want to say, if I've got a chance to pick the five quarterbacks of the draft, I want to pick of the five, all five. I want to have my choice of all five, not my choice of the remaining four after one person has picked one of the five. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, if you're the Bills, you got it right. Let's just say, I don't know if he was. Was he picked eighth, Josh Allen? You got it right at eight. The first seven people got it wrong. Be the Bills. Don't be the first seven teams. The same way I talked last year about... You know, everyone said, well, hey, you know what could happen? You could draft Bryce Young. Well, don't be the Car- the Carolina Panthers. Be the Houston Texans. Well, right. Or, or like the Carolina Panthers just had to make the right choice. Right. They And they didn't do it. So make the right choice. I want the opportunity to have my pick of all the potential candidates. Right. Or the all Bears. Like, like, it's just, it was our fault that the Bears took... It was the Bears' fault that they took Mitch. Right. Like, if, if you're the Chiefs, the Chiefs would still say they wish they had the, 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 the higher pick of them all. Well, listen, if the Chiefs were at three, maybe they would have moved up to two to take Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. I don't know. I, I have no idea what, like, at that point. I mean, at that point, they also had Alex Smith. Why would you want to leave your fate up to somebody else? Do you know what I'm saying? I, I'm with you 100%. Like... I get it that, you know, Patrick Mahomes went, what, 10th and is the best quarterback that we've seen. Tom Brady was drafted in the sixth or seventh round. I, okay, that's fine. That all, I can't dispute any of that stuff. But if I identify this guy and I'm convinced that this guy is the best of, of the lot and I have the first overall pick, I'm going to use it on him. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to pass and then still draft a quarterback and then have a choice between fewer prospects. Right. Because somebody took Caleb Williams at one, the team that traded I traded with. I, I mean, if I'm going to draft a quarterback 
and I'm convinced Caleb Williams is that guy. I don't care about the failures of previous administrations in previous years. I don't care about that. Are you with me that you won't care if the Bears don't pick Caleb Williams, if they deem Drake May the best quarterback? I don't don't care. Yes, I'm not locked into Caleb Williams. I'm locked into them coming to the conclusion, if in fact they do, if it's Jaden Daniels. So many people believe Jaden Daniels is the second best quarterback option in this draft. And he has leapfrogged uh, Drake May. That he has passed him, and a lot of people's. I think in Mel's two point isn't uh, isn't uh, I believe that that Jane Daniels is two now. So Just be right. You like yes. We keep going to that simple philosophy. Again, I don't care what the conventional wisdom says. I care about what is actually going to happen in two years from now. Again, I know it's it's hindsight, but I I want for the first time in my life the Bears to be right about this. I want them to be the team that comes out victorious in this. And again, this this is a different situation than most franchises picking first overall. They're not the worst team in the National Football League. They have the number one pick because of a trade they made in the previous year. And then good fortune shined down upon them. Like They are not a three-win franchise that's got 7,000 holes on their roster. I'm not saying they're a finished product. This isn't your prototypical last team in the NFL, first team to draft. Right. So it's diff- it's just different circumstances. You can talk yourself into this all day long. You really can. And I can't sit here if Greeny's out there saying, well, look, Patrick Mahomes was taken 10th. You don't have to draft a quarterback first overall to get the greatest quarterback in our lifetime. Maybe do what the, the you know, the, the Chiefs drafting. I can't. That's a separate circumstance. You can't leave it up to another team to make a mistake. No. You have to be right. Like, I just, I want Ryan Pace or Ryan Poles. Again, I did it. Ryan Poles to have his pick of the litter. I want him to be correct with every choice on the board. Just like back in 1984. Like, Michael Jordan wasn't the Mox number one overall pick. It was Akeem Olajuwon. And then Portland screwed up who number two was. But, like, they were wrong. Just because mocks say one thing doesn't mean that's how it's going to turn out. That's right. Uh, Listen. He's getting paid the big bucks to be right. The Bengals got it right. This is the Bears' opportunity to get it right with the first overall selection. Bengals did it. Why can't the Bears? It's been done. Has it been done less frequently than finding someone at 8 or 10? Possibly so. But the odds would tell you, I, I, I mean, there are so many different ways to kind of bake this cake. At the end of the day, I'm happy with them having the first overall selection. And I don't think they need to trade down based on the fear that history tells you that the first overall pick does not pan out more than it does. Right. I'm not going, as Ryan Pohl said, I'm, you know, I'm not going to make this decision based on fear. If you have him... Whoever him is, if you have a guy graded as the top quarterback prospect and you think he's better than the guy you have and you think this guy can take you to somewhere special, take your swing. That's all I can ask for. I said to you, you know, going back to Ryan Poles' first draft, the last thing I wanted to, to him to do is to tell you this is what I'm all about and then deviate from his plan 
when he got to the draft day. His plan was, despite all of these different holes that we have, I'm going to play the bet, take the best player available on the board. He drafted Jaquan Brisker and then Kyler Gordon in the second round. Both of these guys. He was and right. They, they had plenty of needs in other spots. These were the two highest rated guys on his board. And he told you in the interview process, this is how I do my business. If I was George McCaskey, or at that time, Ted Phillips, Ryan Poles had sold me on this, and then in his first draft, he had gone over here and changed gears. I would have been, I would have been more upset because I know there were others that were clamoring for other players. He told you what he's all about. He executed his plan. If he stays constant to, constant to that, you know, look, is quarterback their biggest need? I'd say no. I mean, you get bigger needed center, don't you? You get bigger needed in your number two wide receiver. You get bigger need the Bears. Yeah, quarterback's not their oh, biggest why? need. When when you because you're figuring in that they already have Justin. Is right. That, well, I mean, you're right. Well, like well, if I mean, I don't have I, I I have a bigger need at center than I do at quarterback. Caleb Williams is the highest rated player on their board. He just happens to also be a quarterback. So I I, I mean, if that's who you have rated. As the top player in the draft, and you think he can take you to special places, then I, I have zero hesitation about them going in that direction. Uh, Jacob in Gray's Lake, you're on with Waddle and Sylvie. What's up, Jacob? Guys, thanks for uh, speaking logic and sense. Um, I, I'd much rather listen to you guys and listen to Jay Hood and Cap. But uh, I got two things, and, and this is this is really what I want you guys uh, and people to understand is that you guys point out that we got so many holes on the roster. I personally think that we should trade back, and and who knows? I mean, Justin might be the future; he might not be. But we got—I I feel like we got too many holes on the roster that we could fill with this year's uh, draft. Um, and and second, you know, somebody's got to let Cap to keep his head out of Caleb Williams' ass because he's talking about pizza and Michael Jordan, and this and that. I mean, come on, man. We don't care about that. We want someone who's going to win. Thanks, guys, for having me on. And he may and he may win, but, it, like, we'll see. Like, uh, that that doesn't, again, we've always been that way. Waddle and I have seen eye to eye on that. Like, and it's people have not always agreed with us when it came to Cuddy, and we defended Cuddy, maybe to a fault. Like, we always, when people used to call and say, well, Cuddy didn't sign up my, uh, my kid's autograph. Right. We always said, like, we, we don't need our quarterback to be warm and cuddly. We need him to spin it. Right. And the same thing. I don't need my quarterback to love Michael Jordan. I don't. I, don't. I need him to spin it. Yeah, and, and again, I resist this thought that if you don't trade the pick, you're not going to be able to continue to build your team. Of course you will. You've also got the number nine selection. And if you trade room. Justin, you're probably going to get a second or third round pick to add to your draft picks this year. You've got the third or fourth most cap space. You've already got a roster that's better now, infinitely better than it was a couple of years ago. If you get the quarterback right, in most instances, dare I say, you don't have to get as much right. If you don't get the quarterback right, you got to get everything else around him right. So, I mean, if it's the most important position in all of professional sports, which is the way I see it, and you truly are have conviction about this guy as being a difference-making quarterback, I'm not worried about the needs I have in other places. They went that route last year, and I thought it was the prudent route. I have no problem with them this year using the first overall pick instead of trading it for a plethora of other selections. Joe in Indiana, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Joe? 
Hey, guys. Uh, you know, you mentioned Mahomes. And, you know, Stephen A. said it this morning on ESPN about uh, how Chicago needs to draft Caleb because they missed on Mahomes. But I recall on SportsCenter them having a Photoshop of Trubisky in a Jets jersey and either the Jets taking Trubisky or the 49ers taking Trubisky. Nobody was talking about Mahomes at all. Okay? I don't know why nobody in the sports media decides to go back to that point. Greeny brought up a great point. They took Mahomes at number 10. He's only the greatest quarterback right now because of the development. Chicago doesn't develop quarterbacks. No, they, no listen, that, that's selling Patrick Mahomes short. Like, if you're telling me the only reason Patrick Mahomes is great is because he's been developed, I, I think that that's selling Patrick Mahomes short. Then the nobody was talking about him during the draft process. I don't know. At all. I have no idea. Like, I, I'm not in charge of draft. But if you look at what, what Patrick Mahomes has done in his six years as a starter in, in, in with Kansas Andy City. With Reed, with Travis it, Kelsey. Fine, with Joe. You're not, giving, you're not giving Patrick Mahomes enough credit if you're not also acknowledging that he is a great quarterback, regardless of what's around him. He said he could not read a defense until his third season. He doesn't mean he is, he's not infinitely talented. He he's is. Very, yeah, he's very talented. He's very talented as, a, uh, as an improviser. I'll give him that. But quarterbacks need to be developed. And the right system has to be in place for that quarterback. Do I think that the Bears have listen, the right Joe, system for listen, listen, Joe. I, look, I get it. You are a fan of Justin Fields, and that's great. No, I'm not. Nobody... Oh, I, no, actually, I, I was opposed to Justin Fields' trade-off. I was. I, did, I was sick to my stomach when they drafted Justin Fields. My point is, is you don't, however you feel about the Bears quarterback situation, I don't think that you prop it up by bringing down somebody. Listen, you, everything you say, Andy Reid is there. He's a fantastic coach. Andy Reid spent 21 years with good offenses and good quarterbacks before he won a Super Bowl. He won his first Super Bowl with Patrick Mahomes. Yes. Andy Reid is fabulous. Andy Reid is fabulous. Travis Kelsey is fabulous. Tyreek Hill, when he was with the Kansas City Chiefs, was fabulous. People need to give Patrick Mahomes the appropriate amount of credit for being arguably the greatest quarterback in our lifetime. I think his point was that the mocks may have been right and that he just developed into the better prospect and that he wasn't truly the best quarterback coming out. I think that's what he was trying to okay. say. Okay, well, but, Joe, but if again, I jumped like, your bones but, for the wrong reason, I apologize. Uh, but uh, About my point about it being that the mocks aren't always right. Of course Patrick they're Mahomes not. Was the, like, if you look at his numbers coming out, there were a lot of great games. Like, we talked about that Mayfield-Mahomes game when he threw for 700-some yards. Remember that? Like, Trubisky played 13 games in college. Right. He had the Sun Bowl. Yes, you know, but yet you look at what he did in some of those games, and people dismissed it. At where Texas Tech is Texas it where? Tech, yeah. yeah. Harding in Charlotte, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Char- uh, Harding? Hey, what's going on, gentlemen? And I'm listening to the conversation. And I'm loving it, but we got it. Hold on for a minute. Patrick Mahomes is definitely Patrick Mahomes. Like, yes. let's not sell him short at all. Like, yeah. please, I don't want to hear anything. No slander about Patrick Mahomes. Um, so, listen. <clears throat> I hear this thought process of picking the right guy, right? Like, I get what you're coming across with that message of picking the right guy, but oftentimes I think it's forgotten that the right guy is determined because where he went ended up being successful. 
So when we think about Patrick Mahomes, and I hear this Andy Reid narrative like, oh, he was you know offensively 21 years, great. He went to like three NFC championships, if I'm not mistaken, with mm-hmm. Donovan McNabb. He's done this before. So like at the end of the day, this wasn't a new thing for him. You know what I'm saying? So with the Chicago Bears, if I'm not mistaken, they've only hired like one head coach that was previously a head coach in the past, and I think that was John Fox. You're right. Everybody else was learning on the job. That's not how you <laughs> how you develop a rookie quarterback. You don't want somebody trying to learn how to teach somebody that's trying to learn. Like that doesn't make sense. So I say all that to say this. I think Caleb Williams is the right decision. I really do, because I think as the Bears right now, as they stand, they're in a situation no other number one team picking number one has ever been as far as development process goes. My fear is when we think about the Justin Herberts of the world, we think about the Josh Allens of the world, we keep labeling them as these great quarterbacks. We, they've won nothing, like not a thing. So we may end up with a great quarterback, but when you think about Matt Ibrahim, at one point in time couldn't even piece together a coherent sentence last year, like, I'm worried about what's around Caleb Williams. I think he's going to be better than Drake May, just based off the fact that the Bears are in a position to develop him a little bit better than, like, let's say the Patriots or the, the Washington Commanders may end up doing. And so the projection of where that career path goes is based off of what's surrounding him. I don't think picking the right players just easily is saying that person was the right person. It's a lot to do with the organizational fit. Well, Harding, we, thanks for the call. We've, we've always said on this show, there's two, there's two pieces to this puzzle. It's identifying talent, and there are certain organizations that do a better job than others at identifying talent. And then it's developing that talent. And it's not just in the NFL. It's in Major League Baseball. It's in the NBA. It's in the NHL. It's in everything. You've got to be able to do both. You can identify talent really well, but if you don't develop that talent, then really you're never going to maximize the potential of that player. So I'm fully aware that you could pick Caleb Williams as the best prospect and he may be a better player by a large margin than Drake May or Jaden Daniels or whoever it is JJ McCarthy it is up to the Bears coaching staff to take that immense potential and talent and get the most out of it and develop it I would never deny that some teams some organizations are better than others and we certainly here in Chicago have not done a very good job developing quarterbacks. No. And guilty is charged here in the Windy City. But it doesn't mean that you stop trying, I guess is the point. Right, right. Like, I am not going to, this I think kind of goes to Greeny's point. I'm not going to not draft Caleb Williams if I think he is by far the best quarterback player. Uh, 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 prospect in this draft because I'm afraid of what others have done. Oh, right. Or because or the people second or third ones have developed. Right. If this is the guy that I think is best at his job, I'm going to draft him. And then it's up to my coaching staff to develop him and get the most out of him. You got to trust your work. Right. You don't not pick him because, well, hell, last 25 years we've never developed a quarterback and oh my god why should we take him although i have him rated significantly higher than every other quarterback in That's this like draft the ohio state logic yes exactly and then cj stroud comes along yes like it's the player yes and then and then it's it's maybe you've turned a 
you've turned over a new leaf in the way you're doing things inside your building because maybe you've got a better general manager these days who's laid a better foundation. And and maybe we'll get to the end of the line and this will just be rinse and repeat. Yeah. I don't know. Better not be. I, I can't take it anymore. I don't I, You know, my guess I is, do is the it's not. I show too. I'm just telling you. I can't guarantee you anything, but you can't stop evaluating and you can't stop trying to solve these the problems and finding the answers to all of the questions just because you have failed in the past and you can't penalize the current administration for the sins of the previous administration you just can't do it all right we've got Aki's a-list more of your phone calls and jesse from the desert on the bellinger press conference uh today coming up at six espn 1000 chicago's home for sports you're listening to Waddle and Sylvie. Watch us and join the chat. Follow ESPN 1000 Chicago on Twitch.tv or the Twitch app. It's time for Aki's A-List. From the mind of the man who understands the four P's of Waddle's world. Aki's A-List. A-list. The top questions and topics floating around in Tyler Aki's mind. Are these really the questions that I was called here to answer? Aki's A-List on ESPN Chicago. Before we get to your list of uh, very appropriate and probing questions, have I just have to ask a question. We were having this conversation a minute ago. Have we all just kind of lost our minds collectively as a football universe and we're just thinking too much about this? If you've got the first overall pick in the draft and there is a quarterback that you think is a spectacular talent and you think that he can take you somewhere that your current quarterback can't, should you even be considering what NFL history and quarterback drafting looks like? Like, shouldn't you stay committed to your own process? Why should I worry about what the Chiefs did five, six, seven, eight years ago or what the Bengals did five years ago or what anybody else did last year or the year before? You have the first overall pick. If you believe that there is a guy out there playing the most important position in all of professional sports that has a significantly higher ceiling than your current quarterback and can take you places that the current quarterback can't take you, why would I give a rat's ass? As to how other teams have handled their own draft situations in years gone by. Of course. I just think it's getting too cluttered here. And again, I've said this a million times for people who think I'm just pandering to the Caleb Williams fan base. If, in fact, you have any trepidation at all and concerns and you're not 100% sold... Then go the other direction. Trade the pick and move forward with Justin. Like, this is what I've said to you, that I think the evaluation process is difficult. The decision is easy. And we make it too hard. Don't you want to win games? Mm -hmm. Don't you want to be a more consistently good offense? Yes. Don't you want to have a quarterback that can reach levels that no Bears quarterback has ever reached before? Oh, man. I can't guarantee you that that guy exists in this draft. But if the current general manager believes that he does, he's been hired to do what he feels is best for the organization. With the help of his staff, if Ian Cunningham and all the guys say, Ryan, we're just here to agree with what you have to say or disagree. Ultimately, it's your decision. This is how we feel. If everybody feels 
that Caleb Williams or Drake May is your answer for this position going forward? Why in God's name would we go in any other direction than that guy? I don't get it. I mean, are we? Th- I think people just thinking. People are getting cute this. again. You want to control your own destiny, right? And I'm not guaranteeing that that pick will take you to the promised land. No, he's the pro, we're not. Right. You trust what he is evaluating. But I'm not going to make a decision based on what happened three years ago with another franchise in their draft. This is who I am. I live in the here and the now. This is what I have at my disposal. This is what my evaluation is. Pick a guy. Or don't pick the guy. But just don't overthink it for things that have nothing to do with this draft in your franchise. Right. Right. Amen. Okay. You know what's funny, too, is like everyone says the Bears have never developed a quarterback. Well, they've also never drafted a player first overall in the Super Bowl era. And Shea has run through and done the analysis on the numbers on it. Having a quarterback who was drafted first overall is one of the best paths to getting to the Super Bowl. Of course it is. So Yeah, you would always want to have first pick of anything. Like you know what I mean? If there's a bunch of food on the table, do you want the first pick or you want the last pick of all the food? What's the first pick? I've yeah, got more yeah. options. Oh, yes. This is why I mean I think we get we get to this time of year and then our brains get all fuzzy. And then we just start to oh, but but what well, well, but no. You know? Pick a lane and drive in it. Yeah, what well, wasn't, uh, didn't Shea say that 50% of all the qu- quarterbacks who have been drafted first overall have made a Super Bowl? I have to go back and look at the tweet. I can try and find it here. But uh, my guess is it's, it's a higher percentage than those quarterbacks that were drafted 10th. Oh, or of course. Eighth, of course. Right. Or 12. Pe- people like to do the first versus not first, but math is, is on your side on the other. Right. Of course. Like, like, there, there have been what a hundred for well, how many? How many years has the draft been going on? Have they always done it that way? Like uh, whatever the draft is, like modern the, day the, draft, the modern day draft, like of all the years that the number one pick has been going on, I want to say f- like the, they, the, the first overall pick as a quarterback has gone to the Super Bowl more right, frequently right. than uh, the number uh, eight uh, pick uh, of the fifty six, you know, Super Bowls or whatever. Right. So. Okay, that's it. I just saying. I think we overthink it a, a, a bit. All right. So we've had some conversations about Justin Fields and his next team. The odds have continued to further shift. The Falcons are all the way out to minus three hundred now wow. to be the next landing spot for Justin Fields. While the Bears are followed at plus two seventy five, the Steelers at plus three eighty, the Raiders at eight to one. Um, but there were some interesting comments yesterday by a couple of general managers or coaches throughout the league, one being Sean Payton of the Broncos, also Terry Fontenot of the Atlanta Falcons. And Sean Payton was talking about how quarterbacks these days, at the end of the day, you have to win in the pocket, something that we've certainly seen Justin Fields struggle with. We also heard Terry Fontenot talk about how there's so many options out there at quarterback, whether it's through the draft, whether it's through free agency, whether it's via a trade. And then, of course, Matt Eberflus going out yesterday and talking about the things that he's looking for in a quarterback when he evaluates quarterbacks. And he says that the things that he's really looking for are guys who perform well in critical situations, including at the end of the game, which we know has not been Justin's strong suit. Given what you've heard from some of these executives and coaches, are do you think that 
there's really only a, a couple of teams that are interested in Justin Fields' services, and are the Falcons maybe not one of them? No, I think the Falcons are. I do. I, I'm not. I I don't think that they're. He's the only guy they're interested in. I think they're they're investigating a lot of things, but I I, I certainly believe that they they're talking to the Bears about Justin Fields. I think they're he's had good games against them. Ryan Pace is also still a part of their front office, isn't he? He's the guy yes. who drafted them. Um, Terry Fano's still their GM, but Ryan Pace, yeah, works right, right, with works with him and yeah. for him, and um, he's from the area. Uh, he, they play indoors in a controlled environment, like you've talked about. Yeah, uh, they're a win now team. Like I think there are a lot of reasons why you would want Justin Fields in Atlanta. I, you know, and, and on the other side of that conversation, Steve Weiss from the NFL Network, I, who has got it kind of dialed into what the Falcons are doing and has a, I think, a good working relationship with, with Terry Fontenot, I think came out with an article a couple of days ago saying that that's not the path they're going. So we're in the disinformation season right now as well. Um, I wouldn't dismiss the Atlanta Falcons by any stretch. Uh, Zach Robinson is now their offensive coordinator, right? Um, what style of offense do we feel they'll implement, I think, in this day and age? Look, I think wherever Justin goes... He's going to be asked to play from the pocket to a certain degree. If he goes to Pittsburgh, will Arthur Smith do a, 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 a run-heavy offense that will get him out on the edge some and use some of his unique skills? Absolutely. But even last year, if you go back to watching Justin in his best moments, where did most of his best moments come from? And I'm not talking about the intoxicating Sports Center highlights where he breaks contain and runs 40 yards down the field. If you look at his game against the Washington Commanders or his first three quarters against the Denver Broncos or you look at how Atlanta. he played against the Atlanta Falcons, he was spinning it from the pocket. So, yes, you're going to want to get him in an offense that uses his unique skill set. But at the end of the day, you're still going to have to ask him to be a good player from that spot. It's just the reality he just of the sport right to now. do it better and more. Yes, more consistently. You know, I think one of the most interesting things that has been said today was, Waddle, when you mentioned that the Raiders maybe are more of a partner than people think. Very, how, with especially with the Getze connection. How, yeah. would, how would that work with Luke Getze there? Like, if you're the Raiders, why would you be the ones entertaining that when I, you've seen how it works? It seems like an odd destination for me. Because I listen, I don't know what the details of the relationship were. I don't think it was an adversarial relationship. I think that Luke Getze had a lot of respect for Justin, and I think that from what I'm told, I think they had a, a fine relationship. But Luke Getze's with the Raiders right now because he couldn't make it work with Justin. So I've always felt that you could pretty much write them off, but. The more you think about it, the more I would be less inclined to write them off. Is is he, though, not with the Bears because he couldn't make it work with Justin? Or is he not with the Bears because they knew they were getting rid of Justin? Because they knew they needed to make a clean break with everybody on offense. It's an interesting question because, like, look, if you if you believed the offensive problems last year were equal parts quarterback not functioning efficiently in the offense and offensive coordinator just not, you know, doing enough to get the most out of your quarterback, but you believe in the offense, then maybe you do keep him. I think there was just it was necessary to make a clean break regardless of who the quarterback is coming in. 
Shane Waldron is a guy that has more experience. You know, was a play caller more than than Luke Etsy was, who was a first time play caller. Look, you know how I feel. I think they're you know the best choice they could have made is call Jimmy and bring Jimmy in and let yeah, Jimmy develop yeah, him. But uh-huh. that's not the route they went. So, but yeah, I wouldn't write off. I wouldn't write off. The Raiders? That would be crazy. It would. It's interesting because the conversation of why, it seemed like the justification that we heard for why the Raiders hired him was because the problem was the quarterback, not the coordinator. I, I know. And then you bring in the, the faulty tool into the the toolbox again. Like It just feels like an odd pairing there. Um, another well, you th- wouldn't, I mean, you heard what John Payton said in Denver, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, so like you would think that Denver wouldn't be the right destination, right? I mean, no. so I, I don't know. This Do you, is why I said to you yesterday, I think when, when, when they all talk about not wanting to live in, in the gray area, and there is gray area, I think there's more gray and in, you know, more indecision about finding a dance partner than there is with what their decision ultimately will be. Do you think there's a chance he ends up with a team where he's not going into camp the favorite to be the starter? Like Seattle, maybe it's like a 50-50 toss-up. Uh, no, I think if you go give up draft capital, well, maybe it's lesser capital. Maybe there's not that much of a market for him, and then you're giving oof. up a third or maybe, dare I say, a fourth for a, oh, a Justin no. Fields. Oh no, you're getting a sack. Oh, really? I hope so. From your lips to God's ears. Yeah, I think you're getting a. But sec. if you're giving up a third, like you, people spend third round picks potentially on guys who maybe aren't the favorite to be the the starting quarterback. I think you're still getting a second. Look, if he goes to Pittsburgh, you, I, I mean, you can sit here and tell me that there's a quarterback competition between him and Kenny Pickett. He's better than Kenny Pickett. Right. He'd be the favorite he's gonna in that be quarterback favorite. competition. If you go to Atlanta, he's going to be your starter. But if he went to Seattle, is he the favorite against Geno no, Smith? No, no, no. I don't think why would Seattle. Geno Smith would be your Gino starter. Geno Smith's on the last year of his deal. He doesn't cost you a whole heck of a lot. And maybe you think that you have something with Justin Fields. That you can unlock with a new coaching staff and a new offensive coordinator. The head coach, by the way, coming from Baltimore. Listen, I, I don't know. I mean, I, the Patriots have always been a team that has, I think, been an option. Maybe a lower percentage option, but also an option. What do they feel about him? It's interesting, too. You know? That's they're going to draft one, no? Or do they, they? It seems like Not it. Not sure. It, 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 honestly, they're going to be the ones... Picking third right. of the quarterback, right. so if they don't love that guy, they're they're kind of stuck with what you got. And if you don't love them, then you don't have to take them. Or maybe they're willing to trade with somebody who wants to come up and get quarter, Drake May or Jaden Daniels. Right, the don't third know. quarterback. He'll find they'll find a dance partner. I just I'm not. I'm be very intrigued to see who it is. All right, uh, the NFLPA report card came out today, and the interesting note from the Chicago Bears was the head coach, who Matt Eberflus, he got a B, which ranked 25th out of the 32 NFL teams. This is a poll that's taken by players in the league on the team, and it was interesting to contrast that with what Ryan Poles said about Matt Eberflus with you guys yesterday. Yeah, we got a unique group uh, from a leadership standpoint, from a makeup standpoint. Um, obviously, myself and my team lean on them, but that's where Flus is special. Um, he understands makeup that it takes to be special in this league. Um, 
from an offensive standpoint in terms of the base of knowledge, the skill set, um, the recall, um, all of that, you know, heavily lean on, on Shane and, and Thomas Brown. Um, those guys are um, going to be, be huge uh, for that buy-in too because I, I want, as those guys walk into their room, um, I want them to, you know, be confident in them and, and have a part of this process too. Um, so, and we've, we've had the discussion with Justin and we know his makeup and, and Shane and those guys have watched him and know what he's capable of too. So we just got to balance those two things and, and, and see what puts us in a situation where we can win championships and sustain success for a long time. Not the first time we've heard Ryan Poles be overly glowing about Matt Eberflus probably won't be the last time we hear him be overly glowing about his head coach. But doesn't this seem to contradict a little bit of what this NFLPA report has here? They did give him a B, but he was ranked 23rd, right? 81? 25th. 25th, okay. Um, I mean, for a guy who he he talks about... He did do the exit interviews. He played... The way that he kind of talks about how... um, And we've heard in the past, like, guys love playing for this guy. He's 18th among all the, the coaches in terms of players feel that Matt Eberflus is somewhat willing to listen to the locker room. Middle of the pack there. Listen, I think also like a, a less established coach is going to get lower marks. That's just human nature. Like they've won, they won three games the year before. They won seven games this year. They've won ten games with him as their head coach. Right? Am I getting that right? Are my numbers yeah. correct? Mm-hmm. I mean, that naturally, I think, is going to bring down your expectation for what guys are going to be saying. I think he connected with his team. You know, through some difficult times last year, I, I don't. I mean, I'm not shocked at 23. I'm not. I, I I think he's. I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. I don't glow when I think about it. <laughs> I just. I don't go, man. You know what? It's just a matter Danny of time. Fired both of his coordinators. What? Like he hired those guys. What gr- higher grade are you expecting him to get? It's why right. a lot of us expected them to have a clean break. I still think that he loves them, and that's why he's got his job. Yeah, oh, no doubt. Yeah, it's because Ryan Poles has, you know, the ultimate amount of faith in him. And that's 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 whose opinion is important. It's not important how we feel about him. Right. It's important how the general manager feels about the coach. Sure. But I'm not, to be, yeah, yeah, I'm not surprised that the number is what it is. I think it's about what it would be expected. Again, they haven't won anything. They've shown some progress for sure. I think that Matt deserves some credit for a lot of stuff. But I don't believe that there is anything there where you would then say, wow, you know what? Matt Eberflus ranked in the top 10 of the head coaches in the National Football League. I think at this particular time, it's probably an an accurate and appropriate place for him to be. Don't you think? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's about right. Yeah, about right. About right. All right, there you go. Aki's A-list uh, coming up. Do we have time for a quick game or no uh, coming up next? Yeah, we do. Uh, I, want, I, have a, I have a quick game on the fly, okay? I, I want to invent a game really quick. <laughs> I, and you know it, it, you, one of them will ring about. Is it a drinking game? No, th- this has to be, it's a social media game. Okay. And I'm going to need a contestant. Caller uh, 10. 
312-332-3776. Let's play for Connie's frozen pizza. 312-332-3776. I'll tell you what the game is. I'm making it up on the fly. Coming up next. Listen to us now, live on the ESPN Chicago app. Listen to the show in HD at 100.3 HD2 FM. Listen now on ESPN 1000. This is Waddle and Sylvie, ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. All right, let's play a game. Do it. Here is, I, I still, I know I'm old. I still get a kick out of scrolling through Facebook. Okay? Kill me. Um, I find some of the posts funny. I like catching up with some of my old friends. Okay. Uh, and I find some of the other ones funny. I told you guys about a post I saw the other day. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but I told you guys off the air about it. What I've got in my hand here are, we're going to call this Facebook Fact or fake? Facebook fact or fake? Yes. Okay. Chris and St. Joe, you are the contestant, okay? Far out. All right, so I've got two postings on Facebook. You have to tell me, are they both fact? Is one fact or are they both fake? Okay? Okay. Here you go. And both of these guys are fairly famous, who I am Facebook friends with. So this is what I got for you. Bear, uh, Packer reporter Jason Wildy is on Facebook selling clothing hangers for 40 cents per hanger. And Ron Kittle, former White Sox player, is wishing a dead person happy birthday and his widow in return is getting pissed at him. Are they both true? Are they both fake? Or is one true and one's fake? I'm going to go with one true and one fake. Which one do you think is true? The hangers. You think Jason Wildy, the Green Bay Packer reporter, is selling hangers? Almost as worthless as Packer stock, isn't it? <laughs> on, on Facebook. Yeah. It seems more obscure. Okay. You uh, are incorrect. They are both true. I would have gone both true. I knew the first one was true. Yes, they are both true. Who is Kitty Cat? uh, I saw him post this yesterday. Ron Kittle posted that he wishes everybody a happy birthday on Facebook. And he wished somebody who is dead a happy birthday, and the widow got mad at him that he wished someone who is dead a happy birthday. Maybe he was wishing that person a happy heavenly birthday. No, he he just didn't know that he hadn't talked to this person in a while and that the widow came at him saying, how dare you wish this person a happy birthday? They've been dead for a while. Um, and, and then he basically told the widow to go blank herself. What? Yeah, he, this was a long post. <laughs> this is why I still like scrolling Facebook for the crazy like this. Yes. Tell me, change my mind. I'll say both true. Now you go, Chris. Well done. Well done. Chris, thanks for, thanks for, do you like that game? Yeah. Um, who, can you tell me who, 
No, who, he didn't say who it was. He, this was a, he summarized the whole post. Oh, so on he was Facebook. telling the story. He okay. was telling his story. Yeah. So he said, "So today, I, as usual, I like to wish everybody a happy birthday. I wish somebody who had been dead a happy birthday. That that person's widow came at me. I didn't know, and I told her to go." Which is the bigger, like, I, I have a strong feeling about it, which is the bigger no-no? Not knowing who, not knowing that someone you're wishing happy birthday has passed or the widow coming after you and being angry at you for obviously making a mistake. Because nobody would wish somebody a happy birthday knowing no, that right, that person right. was gone. Yeah, I, I, and Facebook doesn't tell you when someone dies. There's not like the, there's not a Facebook there, alert. There, there's not a woo, Facebook woo, alert. Not yet. Woo, there's not. <laughs> I don't like. I, listen, I, 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 I think Ron probably felt bad enough that he wished somebody who had passed a happy birthday. Yeah. I, there it seems no, a little aggressive for aggressive, yeah yeah for the other person to to come down on him and, and make then, a bad and, situation. And then worse. we've got to get Wildy on. Wildy was selling like four hundred hangers. You're asking for trouble. Wildy was selling hangers. Yeah. Hangers. You, you think he's going to handle? You think he's going to handle this conversation well when you ask him why are you selling hangers? Why don't you call him and ask him if he'd like to buy some hangers? He's a well. T- I want to. I want to prank the show and call them out. I'm calling like, calling. Is this a marketplace? I'm calling about the hangers for sale. I saw it on Facebook. Uh, we'll How talk- much was he selling them for? I want to say like like thirty cents or forty cents a hanger or something like that. You know what? Maybe I, ten I, cents I, a hanger? I got two hundred hangers probably at the house. I'll undercut him. I'll sell him for ten cents. Okay, <laughs> hanger wars. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Coming up next, we'll talk to Jesse Rogers. Bellinger back in the fold.